Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Do not let friends feed kibble. I shouldn't say that because the actual tagline is friends don't let friends feed kibble, right? And today's hump day. Hump, diddy dump, diddy dump. That means it's Dr. Judy Jasek Day. Good morning, Dr. Jasek. Good morning. Happy, happy hump day. Happy hump. Happy hump. How's your world going with the telemedicine? I mean, I don't suppose it's slowing down any. It it hasn't. I think it's it's uh I think if anything, it keeps picking up because we need more holistic vets in this world. You know, I hear the same frustrations from and I talk to people, it's it's kind of interesting too to just talk to people and all over the country and what what's going on in their area of the world and Oh man, the weather story is crazy. It's just such crazy weather all over the place. But um, you know, they just can't find help. They can't. They can't find um, holistic vets, or or they're few and far between. Between, I'll say there's been a few that have um, surfaced. There's actually one in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, Kentucky that I have a number of clients go see her, and and um, we've got a lot of mutual clients now, and she's now doing ozone and. And different things in in her clinic. So that's really fun to see, but um, we don't see that very often. So we really need to get more people out there um, practicing this way. So pet parents keep asking for it. Maybe if you demonstrate that there's enough of a demand that pet vets that are at all inclined to practice this way, um, that, you know, they'll they'll get on board with it. So what, what would be the sign... What would be the sign, Dr. Jasek, that your vet is not actually holistic? <laughs> well, let's see. Let's just start with one of my biggest pet peeves, requiring a rabies shot to even walk in the door before even examining a pet. And we see this, sadly, quite a bit in our area. And I think it happens in lots of other areas around around the country. And um, I would say, in particular, any one-size-fits-all approach. You know, every pet needs to have this vaccine schedule. Every pet needs to be on heartburn. Every pet needs to be on flantic, whatever they're recommending. If they're doing one size fits all treatment, that's not a holistic. It never is. Holistic medicine is always individual and it's, it's um, designed for specific pet and the pet parent and you're, you know, uh, like, you know, your, your schedule and your budget and, everything it's each pet is an individual and needs to be repeated or repeated treated individually and if that's not happening then it's not holistic because i do see a lot of people they want to say they're holistic and yet as soon as they hear that the dog is itching the recommendation is cytopoint yeah. or apoquil now how can that be holistic no it's not because it's suppressive medicine i mean that's the other thing is it's you're just suppressing symptoms. So if the treatment they're proposing is not curing, it's not treating anything, it's not helping the body to heal, 
then it's just symptomatic. And that pet will never get better. And in fact, that pet's going to get worse because you're not addressing the underlying reasons why the pet might be itching. Yeah. And, and, and the question is why are pets itching so much, right? Dr. Jacek, why, you know, if all of a sudden all of us uh, started itching um, in the world, right? We, would we just say, oh, that's just normal. Would we just normalize it? Oh, that's nothing. It's sort of like this uh, sudden adult death syndrome. Right. Right. What, what is the common denominator? right? What is going on? We don't have young people having heart disease and periodita, uh, pericarditis and that sort of thing. Um, that's something new. And yet we have been seeing itchy dogs and we're seeing even more itchy dogs and more itchy dogs and more itchy dogs. And um, this is not being addressed. It's not being addressed at all. The way they address it is with a suppression of symptoms like what you're saying with Apoquil or Cytopoint, something like that. But nobody is really saying what's causing this dog to itch. Now, I, I, I will say this. Um, I do hear the vets all the time say, well, switch the kibble. You know, switch the kibble. Let's get a different kibble. Well, how about you just ditch the kibble? Okay, that's one. But the other thing is we still have to back up even more. Is it something in the damn shots? Yeah, and we har right. we harp on this every single week, but it's because of what we see, and and you can't just say, "All right, uh, let's let's go raw." Even though, yes, that would be a huge benefit to your dog in so many ways, but you have to stop doing the other things too. Yeah, and I think this whole thing about. You know, we, we've talked a lot about allergy testing and food allergy testing is always focuses on the meat protein. And I see so many people that will, well, their dog's itching. So the vet says, well, try a different protein. But if they're still on kibble, it's the kibble that's the problem. It's not the protein. It's the fact that the proteins are A, way over processed so that the proteins are so denatured that they're probably toxic at that point. And all the other ingredients. So you have your carbs that are very inflammatory and the chemicals that come with the carbs, like the glyphosate. That's the stuff that's toxic and irrigating, ir irritating to the gut. Um, it That's the stuff that's bad. It's, it's not the protein. That's why dogs get so much better when we take them off of the kibble diet. And if they don't, if a dog's itching and you change a diet and you get rid of all the you know, processed foods and everything, and they're still itching like crazy, then yeah, I'd go back to vaccines. It's some sort of toxicity or something that's inflaming the body because the, the skin is the largest organ in the body, like surface area wise. And they will try to detox through the skin. The body does try to detox that way. And then the skin gets inflamed. And that's, that's why we see the itching. And I know vaccines have to do that do with this because I see so many young dogs like between eight and 12 months of age itching like crazy. Well, what just happened the last six months of their life? They've been vaccinated up the wazoo and you just can't tell me that that, you know, is not a really strong factor. Either they're detoxing or their, their bodies are just so messed up and just so like dysregulated that it, it their body doesn't even know how to 
respond appropriately, you know, to the environment. I don't, dogs shouldn't have grass allergies, you know, they're like, but you know, what if wolves had grass allergies, you know, and they were chewing at their feet all the time. They wouldn't have time to hunt and eat, you know, like that's not a natural thing for dogs. I, I think that all comes from this disruption and like the, the natural immune system and the way the body balances itself um, from the vaccines. And I think sometimes it's permanent, sadly. I do too. I do too. Now I will say this. Um, sometimes people still have an issue um, or a confusion, misinformation where they believe that continuing to give dogs kibble has some sort of great nutritional value. There's no nutritional value that's as good as a raw diet. And if you want nutritional value, let's put some whole food supplements in there like a phytoplankton. But to continue to give your dog kibble with a raw diet is asking for trouble, guys. Yeah, I think the combination is really hard on the gut really, really hard. And if the, and if the kibble's part of the problem, even a tiny amount, you know, you were mentioning earlier about somebody that was using kibble for treats because it's handy to throw in your pocket. Even just a half a handful of pieces a day is enough to keep your dog inflamed and to keep it from getting well. So no, no amount of, of kibble is healthy ever. Well, I had a um, um, one of our customers who said that their dog, um, a little 10-pound, I think, multi-poo, had to go into the ER because they had a bout of pancreatitis. And so they wanted a low-fat food, uh, low-fat raw, to which you and I do not advocate for low-fat. We're not talking about super high-fat, but when we're looking at fat, 10 to 12, maybe even 13% is still going to be great. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. even you would say even higher. We do not see pancreatitis guys from pure raw animal fat. Where we see pancreatitis is going to be from toppers, which is going to be from kibble uh, as treats, things like that. And unfortunately, that's what was going on with this dog. Now, I have no idea where the pet parents are in their thinking about what actually caused that. But when we look and when we are talking to pet parents um as we always do we're not the typical company that just sells food right we're in the education department we have you we have neely we have dr andy we have um dr cooney that comes on you know we talk about dr william faulkner we talk about um all of these different experts that uh, dr connor brady that are looking at what is going on with dogs And I think that um, raw fat is not the issue, but, but that is still something that your traditional vets talk about, right? They think that fat causes pancreatitis. Now, you and I have talked about this, Dr. Jasek, that pancreatitis is definitely a term, a diagnosis that is overused and many times misdiagnosed. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, totally. And, and I, I've seen these trends, you know, I've been practicing long enough now that I'll see these trends where like, I see dogs just always like diagnose, like, you know, it might be Cushing's disease or, you know, 
hypothyroid or uh, really odd rare ones like copper storage disorder things that are just very very rare rare like that's like a true like genetic condition but then I people coming in all the time oh yeah my vet's telling me I gotta watch the copper content in my dog's food I'm like where is this coming from but pancreatitis yes at you know, it's always been a thing, but true pancreatitis dogs are very, very sick. Like they'll need to be hospitalized. They can't hold down anything, like even water. They have to be put on fluids and you have to fast them. You have to not feed them or they really can't take in anything orally because anything oral stimulates the pancreas. So to get it to calm down, you have to just fast them and just put them on fluids for a few days and then they get over it. But these dogs that like, Oh, yeah, I just vomited a couple times. Oh yeah, probably pancreatitis. You know, conventional medicine, they like to name things. Because as soon as they name something, then they can come up with their, you know, treatment protocol because that's like, they have a little like algorithm, like, oh, pancreatitis, we do this. And the link, the common propaganda between pancreatitis and diet is low fat. And I don't believe that's true. Now, I would say if a dog got into um, an, a, you know, unhealthy fat or toxic fat. So, you know, um, McDonald's French fries that they ate out of the trash that have been in the trash for three days, you know, yeah, that'd probably make a dog sick, maybe even get a pancreatitis. But is it because the dog's eating too much fat? No, those are probably, you know, cooked in vegetable oil and probably have sugar and God knows what else on them to make them tasty. Um, so the, the type of fat, if it's an unhealthy fat or even fat from, you know, I'm a big proponent of saturated fats from, you know, for animal fats. So, um, pork lard or beef tallow or poultry fat, these are really super healthy fats, but they have to come from healthy animals because the fat does store toxins. So if they're coming from a feedlot animal, you don't want to feed those fats. There's a big difference. And that distinction is like never made. I've never heard somebody come in and said, oh, my vet said it's okay to feed, if I, to feed fat if it's healthy. Like they don't even know the difference. They just say, got to be low fat. And if we restrict fat too much, just like lots of other nutrients, we're going to be depriving them of important nutrients like vitamin D. So we, we have to, I think, pick apart what kind of fat are they talking about? And that would actually be a good question for, you know, if somebody hears that from their veterinarian that they should feed low fat to prevent pancreatitis. Well, what kind, what kind of fats, all fats or just some fats or, you know, pick that apart. Cause I can guarantee you that they're not, they're not going to know because they don't know what they're talking about to begin with. Well, and, and it, I, I, you know, the, we said to this uh, customer, did your vet who in, in um, the vet did say you do need to stay on a raw diet, but I said, did the vet tell you to get rid of the toppers, to get rid of the kibble? You know, did they talk to you about this type of thing? No, they did not. Um, also, you know, Neely's talked a lot about the pancreas as well. And she's like, look, there's a lot of times where, and, and I think you've said the same thing where the pancreas is teetering, right? The, there's been damage done to the pancreas by toxins in the body, mm -hmm. different things that are going on. And then something just sends it right over the edge. Um, and so again, I go back to it's overall health toxins 
what toxins are going in the body. I do not care if it's mandated. That doesn't make any difference whether it's going to be good or bad for the body, right? Just because it's mandated doesn't mean it's going to be good for the body. So first of all, we have to separate that from our mind, right? We can't, and it's almost like we um, we have said, well, it's mandated, so I had to do it, so it has to be okay. No, it doesn't. Right. It's still poisoning your pet. Mandated poison is just still poison. <laughs> it's just right. as bad for Right. And you and I were talking about, um, because Dr. Thomas Cowan is coming on the podcast tomorrow. And as you know, Dr. Cowan has said, there are no viruses. And the reason that he says there are no viruses, because they have done the test. They have isolated them. They have, um, they have proven in their research that the way that virology is saying that here's a virus is totally wrong. Um, and they show because of the way that they poison the um, isolate, right? So they're putting bacteria in there. They're putting uh, antibiotics. Geno- yeah, yeah. genomize all that kind of stuff. They're putting stuff in it. And when it changes its composition, they're saying, see, there's the virus. So basically we're going to ask him tomorrow about the rabies vaccine, right? Because the, the, the question is this, if there are no viruses and you know, that's a, that's a, I, I don't know how Dr. Jasek, you would ever get the FDA, the CDC, anybody to listen to that because there is so much money writing mm-hmm. on the truth of that. Oh yeah. And they're being, you know, they're getting kickbacks from big pharma. These laws that don't make any sense. Like why are we mandating rabies vaccines that are making pets sick when I've never even heard of or seen a case of rabies in my 35 years of practice? Well, you know, things don't make sense. Follow the money. They're, you know, they're, they're not going to stop doing that because they're getting funded by big pharma, which is the one that's making all the money on these vaccines. Well, I want to give you a little personal story, um, and this doesn't make any sense to me, but um, it does make sense to me. So I went into the skin doctor yesterday, right? So I had a couple of things on my forehead and a little spot on my chest. And um, the last time I was in there, it's a skin doctor, right? Um, They wanted to question me on vaccines. So I was ready this time when I went in. And the girl comes in and she starts asking me this question. And she asked me about the flu shot. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, why are you gathering this information? Who are you gathering this information Mm -hmm. for? Because the flu vaccine means zero from what I, for what I'm here for. And Mm -hmm. she said to me, we get graded on the information that we gather. If we ask you if you smoke, if we ask you if you've had the flu shot, if you ask and we get you to answer these questions, we get graded. We get a higher level. And I said, and is that level associated with an incentive? And she said, probably. Probably. In other words, yes. Oh my gosh. And she said, wow. 
she said, I don't really care, but it's all about following the money. And I, and, and so I, I think when we go in to any kind of medical establishment, Dr. Jasek, you guys be aware, be aware of what questions they are asking because they are gathering information for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're gathering information for a reason. And that re and so, and then, and then the doctor walks in and he has a mask on. And I, and I, and this is yesterday. And I said, doc, what are you doing with the mask on? He's a young 30 something. He goes, oh, well, I'm trying to protect you. And I said, protect me from what? I said, I don't think you got the memo. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he totally changed the subject. I bet he did. Like, but oh when, no, not going there. Right. But when I left or when he left the room, I said, it's nice meeting you. And I said, actually, I wouldn't know you if I met you on the street because I can't see your face. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that they probably had some words about me when I left. But I'm I I I mean, this is this is just you guys, at some point you have to start breaking the spell because yeah. this spell that the world is under is unsafe. It is unsafe for us. It's unsafe for our pets. Because if it was safe, there wouldn't have been any censorship. If it was safe, the information wouldn't be so hard to find. If it was safe, the definitions would stopped, would have stopped being changed. And um, so we we definitely, I mean, if it's just that little bit, Ask the question, what, what, what does that question have anything to do with what I'm doing here or what my pet's doing here? And what do you get by gathering this information? Because she was like, I mean, I don't think she expected me to ask that question. And so oh. she just told me, <laughs> she yeah. was like, uh, got her off guard. Yeah. yeah. Well, they like, put it into a database, you know, you don't like, I've heard, like, if you're, I've heard a lot of people say now doctors will ask you things about your mental health. Like, are you feeling depressed? And then that, that goes into a, a database and say, you know, it's also in the database that you've chosen not to get the COVID shot. Well, that's because you have like mental health issues and maybe you need to be institutionalized for that. I mean, they can do really scary stuff with this data. So, you know, you've got to be, be aware that, and, and they're being incentivized to ask it like, holy smokes, that that's really scary. Yeah. And I, I think we want it to get prepared before we go into someplace like that. And you have to be smart about what you say. Right. You have to be smart. So maybe you, you just say, you know, I, I'm, I plead the fifth. I'm not saying anything about that. That's my personal, uh, that's my personal business. And, and I'm not going to be talking about that today. I'm here to get my skin checked. I'm here to get my teeth done. I'm here to do whatever you're there to do, but think about, um, what you are 
talking to them? What what information are you giving them? It's just like Dr. Jasek, you know, and I've said this many times. If I go, if I have to go in to get my dog sewn up, like Lazi's leg, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I feed raw. Why am I going to borrow trouble? And that's to me, that's borrowing trouble. Because if you know that a clinic that you're walking into does not advocate for raw feeding, why tell them? And the only reason that pet parents tell them is because in their mind, they believe that somehow there's ample bacteria there's that's causing their dog's problem. Right. What if it is part of the problem and I don't say it and then, and then they, you know, then they don't treat my dog appropriately because I didn't tell them. But the truth of the matter in that is once you say that, they will stop there, especially if you're going for any GI stuff, vomiting, diarrhea, which is super common because dogs are scavengers. They get into stuff and they're going to have these little GI upsets. Um, but as soon as you tell them you're feeding raw, they won't diagnose anything more. They, they, that's, that's just it. You know, they're going to stop there and then they don't appropriately evaluate the pet. So I think the opposite is I, I would, you know, people feel like they really want to let them know, just don't tell them right off the bat, let them do their testing, say, you know, whatever you want about the food, just say some food from wherever, um, they won't ask you any more questions about it. Just say, oh, I feed some kibble diet and let them do their testing and let them do their full evaluation and see what they find. And then if you want to clue them in to the raw thing, then, you know, go ahead. But I, I agree, Didi. I just wouldn't tell them because then that, that sways their opinion. It sways their, you know, the diagnostics that they do or don't do usually like I said they just stop there and they don't they don't you know check anything else um it will really sway their approach to um to your pet to your pet's health and to you and how they handle you so I I think you should say I'm feeding a prescription diet yeah there you go (laughs) let's see where they go with that I mean I'm serious and and again you're right It, it it would be very interesting what they would find if you said i'm i'm feeding a prescription diet they're going to come yeah. back you know so i don't know these are just some things that we see in the world i am very excited about dr thomas cowan coming on the podcast tomorrow um and we're going to i can't wait to hear what he says i can't wait to listen yeah and you know um i can't imagine he's probably so tired of talking about how they <laughs> They have, uh, you know, come up with the, there is no virus, right? And and this is going to be interesting because our daughter, who's a vet, um, Rick was going to take uh, Asta down there and get, get a teeth cleaning, but there's a lot of throwing up going up in our, in our house between uh, the, the girls, right? And, and so she's like, well, you might not want to come because, you know, the girls have this virus. And, and so I, I look at it and say, well, what's going on in the house? So Dr. Thomas Cowan would say, what's going on in the house? What is a common denominator that's happening in that home? Is it food? Is it water? Is it EMS? Right. Is it, or did is they it, get something outside? You know, you live up in the mountains. Like what if they found a deer leg or something out there? Right. Right. Because yeah. that, that is the, that is the common argument. Yeah. But 
this child was vomiting and then this child was vomiting and having diarrhea. So something's going on between both of them. Well, maybe there's something that's on the toys. I mean, I don't know, but the, the, it's very interesting. And can you imagine what, what we could do if we could prove that to the medical establishment? Now that's never going to be able, I, I, I don't think that they're going to actually take hold of that. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, I think medical, most medical professionals, they they don't want to have their paradigm rock. Like when I first, I I listened to Dr. Cowan a lot. And when I first heard him say viruses don't exist, I'm like, well, well, wait a second, because our whole profession is based on this vaccine stuff and on these mandates. And, you know, I've minimized vaccines for a long time because I see the harm they do, but I, I never heard anybody say viruses. Now I never thought COVID was a thing, was a, a virus. I knew there was something else going on there. But then when I started listening to Dr. Collins say, well, no viruses exist. And then he, if you really listen, I think you know, the problem is people don't like to have their paradigm rocked. So they just stop listening. Like that guy's a kook. Well, when I hear somebody that maybe I don't agree with or like, wow, that's really different. I listen. Now, whether or not I agree with them in the end, I don't know, but that's how you open your mind to new information. And I have to listen to Dr. Cowan's explanation about, you know, the virus isolation and how they do things. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, that makes sense that, you know, like the way they're doing it. I mean, what makes sense is that they are not proving that viruses exist. And that's what he goes through. And he's probably done it so many times. It probably makes have to say it again, but, right. but, um, you know, cause it probably feels like beating a dead horse, but that really opened my eyes. But, and then the other thing that really opened my eyes, cause he talks a lot about like body biology and he said, well, you know, like cell walls don't exist and cell membranes and all this physiology that we've been taught about how cells work is not true. And I'm like, how could that be? Like, I'm like, okay, all my medical training like was wrong, you <laughs> know? But then when he said, um, well, think about how they process tissue. You take a, a tissue sample out of the body, whether it's a fine needle aspirate or a biopsy or however they do it. Well, you cut it into sections and then you stain it. And well, oftentimes a tissue sample is put in formaldehyde to quote unquote, preserve it. But then you stain it, you put these toxic stains on it, and then you look at it under my, the microscope and you say, this is what, say it's a liver biopsy. This is what the liver looks like. Well, how could that be what the liver looks like in the body if you've just done all this toxic stuff to it? And I was like, oh my gosh, that really makes a lot of sense. We're not looking at what is going on in the body because we're taking it out of its natural environment and poisoning it. And then we've got what we call cell membranes and all of the stuff and but that's all created artificially once that tissue is out of the body so we really don't know we're not putting a microscope inside the body to see what these cells look like and what these organs look like um so i i find his stuff really fascinating and very eye-opening and you know the more i listen to it, like you know that really makes a lot of sense and all those hours i spent looking at those thinking microscope slides, believing I was looking at, you know, what tissue samples actually look like was just all a bunch of bunk. That's not what they 
that's not what they look like um, in nature. So I, yeah, he, he, he really, he really rocked my world. Some of the stuff he's come out with, but I, I really think he makes a lot of sense. Well, I was thinking about that yesterday. So that they, I have this one spot on my chest and mm -hmm. they've frozen it off before. So it's pink and it's flat. And Mr. Mask said to me yesterday, um, now I'm a little bit worried about this one. So we're going to do a biopsy. So I'm thinking, all right, you're going to take part of my skin that's living right now and you're going to cut it off and you're going to send it in for a biopsy that looks nothing like it, um, mm -hmm. you right. know, living on my skin. So I'm, 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 you know, there's where I'm befuddled, right? Because it's like, how in the world do you actually make a good diagnosis when you cut something off the body, take it out of the body and put it under the microscope and do all these things that Dr. Cowan has talked about and that you just described and come back with the right diagnosis. Right. Right. And you know what I'm finding too, because I work with a lot of cancer patients. You know, I, I tell people don't get aspirates, don't get surgery unless it's like the tumors preventing a pet from, you know, peeing or some vital function that, you know, it would be life ending if we didn't remove it, um, because the more you mess with tumors, even just in them, um, the more the more volatile they become. And I also find, and I think part part of the reason for this is the toxic way in which they prepare tissue samples. They look long enough, they'll find cancer. Like they'll get in their head, like lymphoma. I mean, that's another thing. Like just exploding. Like every other pet. I see anymore that I talk to um, lymphoma, lymphoma, and all these different variations of lymphoma. Like, well, why are these lymph nodes blowing up? Like it's gotta be because they're just toxic as hell or they're, you know, they've been exposed to something or they're over-vaccinated or, you know, something like that's going on. And then they just keep poking and poking. They poke at these nodes and poke at these nodes and let's poke it. Let's poke all the lymph nodes in the body. And and because lymph nodes are, are so reactive to begin with, you know, they, they react to things in the environment and you poke at them long enough, they're going to diagnose cancer. And I swear sometimes this, this happens. And if we just address the toxicity issue from the get-go and quit poking at them, that these pets would have a much better chance because they keep poking at these nodes. And then they say, well, okay, there, there, there's, we thought, you know, we saw a cancerous cell there in that one. So we better start chemo. Well, then they're really toxic that point and then sometimes by the time i get them I, it, there's just not that much i can do it you know they're just too far down the road and the body's so inflamed and you know was toxic to begin with and then they start poisoning them with chemo and i mean some of these poor pets just don't stand a chance and they're being killed by the system they're being killed by the medical system but you know we're the bad guys because we don't think pets should get a vaccine, but it's okay for them to kill pets with chemo. Like, what does this make any sense? Doesn't to me. No, and and really, what good is it to poke the lymph nodes? You know, there's something going on when they're swollen, right? And that's their job. I mean, I think that's part. Of it. I think a lot of times, I I I almost think that lymph node or lymphoma is created by the medical system. You know, people you know, take their pets in because, or sometimes like they don't even know they go in and like a lymph node's a little enlarged. Well, they, yeah, they enlarge sometimes because they are detoxifying the body. So like in the springtime, 
you know, grass starts growing, they get flowers and all this stuff and pets are breathing in all these new things. And these, you know, lymph nodes there by their jaw get a little enlarged in the springtime because the body's not processing stuff. It hasn't been processing and that's its job. I, finding, you know, cancer cells in lymph nodes. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do is remove them because they'll, the, the, conventional side will say, well, that's, that's cancer spreading. It's metastasized to the lymph nodes. I see it as this is the lymph nodes doing their job. Just let them do their job and support the body. But I think, you know, sometimes people go in with these slightly enlarged lymph nodes, or maybe they don't even know the vet picks them up. Oh, the lymph nodes are enlarged. We got to do an aspirate. And so they start poking at them and then they get more swollen and like, well, we didn't find anything definitive, quote unquote, let's, let's check all the other nodes. So then they start poking at all the lymph nodes and then they get the lymph nodes get pissed off, like quit poking at me and <laughs> they swell. And then, oh, there we go. There's that lymphoma kicking in, better start chemo. And then the pets are really toxic. I, I swear, cause a lot of times I just see the pets so far down the road that um, there's not that much I can do, but I, I just suspect that this sort of thing happens and this quote unquote lymphoma is, is created by the medical system. It's not just showing up in pets. Sometimes, yes, it can shows up on its own, but I think, I think it can be created. So do you think I shouldn't have let them cut that piece off of me yesterday? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I like, would have been, uh... I would have been hesitant to, but <laughs> great. But, you know, that's a personal, that's a personal choice. When I walked out of there, I'm like, oh, because he's like, oh, we're going to biopsy. I should have just said, just freeze the dadgum thing. And and here's what they say. Well, if we freeze it, it shouldn't be coming back. And I'm thinking, but the cancer, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Now, now, now I'm kicking myself in the tail butt in the sphincter. <laughs> I'm kicking my sphincter, my own sphincter today. So, yeah. I mean, and I don't know, like my mom used to have those things, those little spots on her face frozen off all the time, all the time, all the time. And finally, I, well, so my, you know, my mom was a couple of years older than you, Didi. She was, you know, nearly 101 when she passed away, but she would obsess over the, uh, the, like the band-aids, like she'd, like the dermatologist would come in once a month and freeze all these spots. And then she'd have these band-aids all over her face. And then she'd be obsessing about, you know, when the band-aids needed to be changed and all this. And like, finally, I just said, she's a hundred years old. Are, are these spots on her face ever going to really amount to anything? And it's like affecting her quality of life. Cause she's just worrying about, you know, how she looks with the band-aids and the scabs on her face. Like, can we just like, let this go? So so, you know, they did, but I guess my point is, you know, I, I think those sorts of things can, you know, can be overdone, but hopefully you have no consequences. You're getting your little spot removed. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll see. I probably just screwed myself. All right. All right, everybody get over to see Dr. Judy, Jason, get a second opinion. That's your first step uh, to protect your dog is getting a second opinion um, that is at ahavet.com. Ahavet.com is where you can find Dr. Judy Jacek. She can Zoom with you. Um, she can um, look at any labs, maybe give you a consultation about how you want to approach going into a traditional vet. Um, there's a lot of information that she can help you with. You don't always have to touch the dog. And um, you know, but she can guide you because she's only doing telemedicine now. She can guide you 
on food. She can guide you on how to maybe put some stuff together at home. She can guide you on what herbs. She can guide you on so many different things, all right? But this is somebody that is going to look at the holistic being of your dog, the whole dog, and, and how your dog is responding to whatever you're doing in the home. All right, so get over to ahavet.com. Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. There is no premium kibble. I'm sorry to bust your paradigm today, but there is no premium kibble, all right? Cooked food. Uh, we're not a big advocate of it. We see dogs healing way better on food that they were designed to eat by Mother Nature. All right. So get your dog on a raw dog food diet today at rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.